So the title of my topic today is going to be called The Breaking. And to start us all off, I want us all to ponder an answer to this question, what is a breakdown? <coughs> what is a breakdown? You can think about it for a second. I need a sip of water, so. So the word breakdown is a word that can be applied to many different scenarios. It can be used in many various ways, and it tends to have this sort of negative connotation. It's got this negative feeling within it, especially for anybody who has some past experiences with a breakdown, particularly on the side of the road. It might bring up some bad memories. <laughs> so what is a breakdown? A breakdown, as defined by Oxford Dictionary, describes it as one, a mechanical failure. Two, a failure of a relationship or system. Three, a sudden collapse in someone's mental health. Wow. Or four, the chemical or physical decomposition of something. And then there's the more positive definition when it comes to the word breakdown, also known as the teacher definition. An explanatory analysis, especially of statistics. But regardless of which specific definition that you use, the word breakdown can be used in many ways. And moreover, the first part of that compound word, break, has even more definitions and more ways that can be used. So he who here remembers the last time that they were broken or broken down? Some hand raised. I see a little, little memories coming up from Bishop over there of some breakdowns. <laughs> <coughs> The question that I just asked could be applied physically. Maybe it's within your body. Maybe it's in your car. Maybe it was a mental breakdown. Or it can be applied emotionally as well. Does anybody have any emotional breakdowns that they remember? I have one in particular I remember every time. Just being so overwhelmed by emotions and things happening in life, that just gets to you. And you always remember how that feels. You might not feel the same way now, but you always remember back then how it felt. See, when I say these types of breakdowns, we can define them with past experiences. We can define them with experiences that other people have had in their lives. But if we haven't had that in our lives, or if we haven't had that in the lives of someone we know, it's harder to define that term. We can't really define it in our own way. So we have to use something like context clues or ask someone, and then there's the age-old method of looking it up in a dictionary to define this term. You see, experiences give meanings to words. And not only that, but experiences allow us to pick out specific words that can apply to different periods in our life. But what does it mean to be spiritually broken? What does it mean to be broken in the kingdom of God? Well, one experience that all of us as believers have to go through to fulfill the plan of salvation is a breaking in who we are, a breaking in where we've come from, and a breaking of the things that we used to do. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And the Amplified Version says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is, grafted in, joined to him by faith, in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition, have passed away. Behold, new things have come. 
because spiritual awakening brings a new life. What a way to put it. Aren't we glad that the Lord has made us a new creature? Aren't we glad that the Lord, our God, has brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light? Thank you, God. Amen. But in order for this to happen, what must we do? What must take place in our lives? Repentance. Repentance has to happen. A drawing to God has to happen. A desire to be in Christ, to take on a new name, to take on his name, in fact. But in order to repent, the word repent stands for we must turn away from the sins of our past life. It's like going up towards our old ways and just turning right around, saying, God, I'm not going to do this anymore. God, I'm turning around from my old ways, and I'm, I'm living, for the living the life that you want me to live, God. The desires that we used to have, we have to turn away from. And in that time, God begins to work on us. God begins to talk to us. God breaks down the old things that we have within us, and behold, we are made new. And so as long as we have fulfilled the plan of salvation, we have already been broken once. But is being broken once all that we need? Is this just something that we can just forget about after it happens? Is being broken by God something that only happens once in a lifetime? Paul said in his letter to the church of Corinth, I die daily. I die daily. And skipping to Matthew 16, 24. The word says, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross and follow me. Let him deny himself. Deny his wants, deny his desires, deny anything that he used to want in his life, his passions, and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. And one note that I found when Jesus said this to his disciples um, was in the times past that all the condemned criminals were the ones that were nailed to the cross. They were the ones that had to carry the cross up to the place that they were being nailed at, just like Jesus did. And so to follow after God in this way is to basically say, I'm being condemned by the world. I'm not following what the world has for me. I'm not following what any teachings of this world has given to me, but I'm following what God says. And because of that, we are basically killing our flesh. We are dying out to it, and we are taking up this cross that God has asked us to bear and following after him. And skipping to verse 26. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? There's nothing in this life that could ever be worthy of an exchange for our soul our soul belongs to god the creator of our our soul he breathed life into us we're just a bunch of dirt and dust formed together but god took us from where we were at and breathed new life into us so the choice to take up your cross and follow after him isn't just one that you make at the beginning of your walk with god it's a decision you have to choose every single day every day that you wake up you either choose to serve man or you choose to serve God. And in the process of doing that, we will be broken. Not just one time, not just two times, and not even just three times, but continually, continually broken. 
the day that we have to wake up and we don't have to fight our flesh is the day that we don't have to be broken. And since that day will not come to pass, we are in a continuous process of breaking down the old things. We are constantly being made new. And in the Bible, we have some people who are broken by God. The uh, first one I want to mention is Job. And starting Job 1.1 through 11. And there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she donkeys and a very great household. So this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Does he fear you for nothing, Lord? Hast thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forward thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. See, the way Satan thought this was that Job's got everything, you know, and you've given him everything. You've blessed the work of his hands. You've increased his substance. He has a great amount of livestock, and this is what every man wants. A huge family, a healthy relationship with God. And Satan thought, man, if I can just take this away, if I can just take this away from Job, he's going to be broken. I can break down his faith. And that's not exactly what happened. We know how the story goes. The oxen and donkeys and the camels were taken away. His sheep were consumed by the fire of God. And all of his servants were killed except for the ones who delivered the message to him. And his family was crushed by a house from a great wind. And skipping down to verse 20. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. If only that was our response every time. How much better would we be? And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in verse 22, I add this but in there. But in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. I can't imagine how Job was feeling during all of this. The amount of physical, emotional, mental pain and suffering that was just going through him. I can't even imagine the toll that had in, had on his body. The fact of going through all these emotions, your body's going to take a toll. It's not just your emotions that are feeling it. This would have an impact not only on his body, his emotions, but also his mindset. But the one thing that he didn't let it touch was his faith. His faith in God. 
And we can see his pain. We can see how distraught he was because he ripped off his clothes and he shaved his head. He fell down and worshipped the mighty God. Thank you, God. Despite everything that was happening in his life, he knew who his God was. And that cursing would only bring more trouble and more pain. How could he curse God? How could he curse the one that brought him all of this into his life and just take it away? And the purpose of this story of Job is because Job had to endure suffering. He already had so much in his life, but he still had more breaking down to do. He still had more to be refined in his life. And to someone outside of the faith, someone that could have been living in Job's time period and just looking into God's plan that he had for his life, they would be like, how does this make sense? Why would Job have to be tested more? Isn't he already faithful enough? Doesn't he already have enough? Is there more that he could gain? Is there more that Job can be worked on? And Colossians 3.23 says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not unto men. And 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Amen. See, when we look with our human eyes into the plan of God, it just does not make sense to us. How could Job gain more? How could Job be elevated higher? How can he still be refined? But when we look with our spiritual eyes, when we just obey God and follow the plan he has for our lives, and we become better for it. I'm sure Job didn't want to go through trials. I'm sure Job didn't want to be refined even more. But since God ordained it, it was for his good. It was to make him better. It was because he had more to work on in his life. And that's the same mindset that we have to have. God, break me more. God, break me more every day. Allow me to die daily. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And while preparing for this, um, I, I was praying and I had some worship music in the background. And the song Refiner by Maverick City came up. Uh, so I just wanted to read a couple of the lyrics because it just it just spoke to me. It just really touched me. I'm not going to sing it, so you, I'll spare you guys the trouble. <laughs> uh, the first verse says, If the altar is where you meet us, take me there. Take me there. If what you need is just an offering, it's right here. My life is here. And I'll be a living sacrifice for you. You're a fire, the refiner. I want to be consumed. I want to be tried by fire, purified. You take whatever you desire. Lord, here's my life. And that's what our God is. He's our refiner. He's our redeemer. He is our savior. He has called us out of the darkness into his marvelous light. And how are we going to stand in his way for what he wants to do in our lives? If God says to us today, I want this part of you, you know what, Lord? It's yours. That's what our response should be every single time. If God says, I need you to do this, then we say, yes, Lord, we're going to do it. Who are we to stand in the way of God's plan? Whatever God wills for our lives is going to be done. <coughs> and there's this quote by uh, Michelangelo, not the turtle, um, the artist. <laughs> and it says, the sculpture is already complete within the marble block. 
before I start my work, it's already there. I just have to chisel, chisel away the superfluous material. And what this means for this artist is that he already sees the image complete in the stone block. Imagine a, a straight stone block, just square, round, whatever it is, however they cut it out. And he's looking in that, and he already sees his image. He already sees the final product. The only thing that he is doing is chipping the material away around it. He's just taking away everything that's surrounding it. And in order to show that same image in his head, he has to work on it. It's not just like, I don't know if you've ever seen SpongeBob. SpongeBob hits it once, <laughs> and all of a sudden it's this like perfect image of some Roman god. It's not like that. It takes a long amount of time, and I'm sure if Matt was here, he would tell you. He works with wood. You know, stone breaks. Stone chips in the wrong way that you don't want it to. Wood splints. You know, when you're working with this material, it's not always just going to turn out perfect. And this past week, um, uh, we were at this body shop called North Trail RV. Um, and they basically just take these RVs, these Class A motorhomes most of the time, uh, and whenever they're in wrecks or something's wrong with them, they'll bring them to this body shop. And so one of the body shop techs took a liking to me. I'm not sure why. But he took a liking to me, and he's like, you know, I make these I make these little little marble things. I'm like, little marble what? He's like, oh, you know, just crosses and, and hearts and stuff like that, different shapes. And he's like, I think I'm going to give you one. I was like, really? I was like, why are you going to give that to me? He's like, I, I don't sell it. I don't like to sell it. It's not for my profit, it's just because I want to give it to somebody and I feel like they should have it. And so I brought it here today. Um, so it's this marble cross that he made. It's pretty cool. Um, and he, <laughs> the, w the way he made it is really funny. But basically he'll go to like scraps of like marble places that cut like stone and stuff. And he'll take their scraps and he'll make these images out of it. And um, he sees the image. He, he said the same thing. He sees the image inside of it before he even starts. He already knows what it's going to look like. He's made so many of them to this point now where he, like, just he's on it every time. And he makes these little hearts, too. Um, I got a little tiny one right here. Um, this isn't me trying to brag. I got these marble things. It's just me showing you something cool. <coughs> <laughs> but God looks at us the same way that the artist looks at his material. He looks at us and already sees the finished product. He already has gone before us and he sees who he has called us to be. It's our job to listen and say, yes, Lord, whatever you will for our lives, let it be done. But we should be want to be tried by that fire. We should want to be continually broken. Uh, musicians, you can join me on the platform. <coughs> and to go off my message, uh, you may stand with me. You guys can go ahead. Um, to go off my message, the breaking, I believe that there's going to be a breaking that happens today. Thank you, God. 
And I believe it's your choice whether you take part in it or whether you watch on the sidelines. So everybody here, if you need something from God or if you know somebody else that needs something from God, I hope that you participate. And before service, um, Lexi came over and gave me this uh, prayer card. It's the front of it broke off, but the it says Access Challenge Nations. And so what an Access Challenge Nation is or an ACN, it's basically like a nation somewhere out in the world that it's harder to get to, basically. Like, it's not open and able for us to travel into like some countries are. It's a little bit harder for us to get into there. It's harder for us to minister to the people there. So most of these are Muslim countries. And as we embark on this training trip that's happening soon, I found my country in here. And I just wanted to lead us through some of the prayer cards. So the break, the first breaking that's going to happen is we're going to break down these walls that are in this building right now. And the way I say that is spiritually, obviously. Um, but we're going to basically just lift up our prayers, and God's just going to send these prayers out. Inside of these walls right here, we're all just cooped up, and we all just need to be able to be a light to the people outside of these four walls. And so for the first one, uh, it says the population, this is uh, 21 to 22 version. So the population says a little less than 5 million people. And the first one says, pray for expatriate apostolics as they minister to their friends and neighbors. Ask God to allow miracles, signs, and wonders to take place to bring attention to Jesus. And that term expatriate apostolics, basically in a Muslim country, um, their whole way of life is based upon this religion and everyone around them every one of their friends every one of their family is following the same religion for, so for them to stand up and say i want to be apostolic they are shunned by every single person around them they are not spoken to they are not interacted with they are kicked out of the house they they don't have anything to do with any of their old life and so we're going to pray for these expatriate apostolics that God would allow miracles, signs, and wonders to take place in their lives. The second one is to pray for boldness, strength, and protection for the nationals who are discovering Jesus and growing in truth. Let the seed find good ground. Let them be able to talk to at least somebody. I can't imagine how broken they are over there. To be able to, to just talk to your family about Jesus. The third one is to ask the Lord to allow this country to become a fertile place for the seed of his word and to be a training ground for apostolic workers that will be sent out. And this one has, be answered, has already been answered, but we're going to ask the Lord to spread out the area that we are allowed to go to. And number four is intercede for God to visit nationals at every level of society and in every area of the country with dreams and visions leading them to Jesus. So if you would just lift your hands, just ask God to touch the lives of these nationals. And God will direct your prayers right now. Lord God, we come before you right now.